Hello, my fellow divers, and welcome back to another episode of Crime Dive, where we take a deep dive into crime. I'm your host, Lexi. Thank you so much for listening and watching. If you're new, welcome to the water. We're so happy to have you. If you're returning, welcome back to the water. We missed you, and thank you for coming back to take another deep dive into crime with us. As always, please be sure to check out our episode description. There you can find the links to our TikTok and Instagram, as well as a link to help us out over here at Crime Dive. You can also find my email in the description for any business inquiries. Today, we are going to be talking about the mysterious case of Lauren Smith Fields. This case angers me so much to my core. And if I get a little bit animated during this video, I want to apologize in advance because I have never been more upset over a case. I'm sure I probably have, but the fact that there is more than one that can be so upsetting and just handled in the worst way possible is ridiculous. I cannot begin to stress how horribly this case has been handled from day one. And I'm sure by the end of this episode, you will feel the exact same way. With that, let's get right into the case. Lauren Smith Fields was born on January 23rd, 1998 in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Her parents' names were Chantel Fields and Everett Smith, and she had three brothers. Lauren's family was very tight-knit, and she was especially close to her mother. They would get their nails done together, they would just hang out, and just do girl stuff together. They just loved spending quality time with one another. Lauren was very, very big on family, and she was described as being driven, ambitious, and she was just focused when it came to knowing what she wanted to do with her life. And when she was set on a path, Good luck trying to get her off of it. It wasn't gonna happen. Lauren was very health conscious. She really enjoyed getting into fitness. She liked working out, eating healthy. She was so committed to eating healthy that she actually lived on a plant-based diet because she was very focused on maintaining her health. It was something that was just very important to her. Lauren attended Norwalk Community College where she was studying to become a physical therapist. She also had a YouTube on the side that focused on beauty, hair, makeup, all things that she really enjoyed to do. It was like a hobby for her. And Lauren was absolutely beautiful. So I would definitely say she was in the right line of work. She knew how to take care of herself. She just loved getting dolled up and she looked really good doing it. I guess I got, this is 22 inches. And I didn't want it that long, but that's why, because I usually get like 24 or 26 until I'm feeling my even look. But this is like another wig of mine. I'm gonna take this wig off and put this motherfucker on. Things were going really well for Lauren in life. She was working hard, she was very focused. She had a lot in mind that she wanted to do, specifically become a physical therapist. That was her life's dream. On the afternoon of December 13th, 2021, Lauren's mother, Chantel, called her, but she couldn't get a hold of her. She was actually calling her because they were gonna have some sort of Christmas dinner that was coming up and the whole family was supposed to be going to Lauren's apartment in order to have it. So Chantel was just calling Lauren, asking her about the details and wanted to know how things were gonna go. But Lauren never answered. So her mother texted her and asked her if she was okay, but Lauren never responded. And at this point, Chantel was getting very worried because she knew that wasn't like Lauren. She always, 
always answered her mother no matter what. She was just a very communicative person. And like I said, they were all so close. So it just wasn't like her to not get back to her mother. Around 9 p.m., Chantel and Lauren's brother, Lakeem, decided to go to her apartment to check on her because no one had heard from her all day. But when they got there, there was a note on the door that said, if you're looking for Lauren, call this number. And the number actually belonged to Lauren's landlord. So Chantel calls the number and she's like, hi, I'm Lauren's mother looking for Lauren. I found this note on her door. So the landlord immediately comes down to speak to Chantel and Lauren's brother, Lakeem. And it was at that moment that they told both of them that Lauren had actually passed away. In fact, she had passed away the morning before on December 12th, 2021 at 6.49 a.m. Why the family was finding out about this from the landlord and hadn't been contacted by police in over a day is insane. I've never heard of that ever happening. I feel like that's honestly illegal to not notify the next of kin that their family member has died. I always thought that was customary, that was protocol. And the fact that that wasn't done is like, I've never heard anything like that in my life. Chantel was just shocked hearing that her daughter had died from her daughter's landlord so suddenly out of nowhere. It's almost like she couldn't even process the news because it just didn't feel real. No one wants to imagine that moment, but when you do, you usually think of it being the police showing up to your front door, letting you know. You don't think of just going by your daughter's apartment to check on her and then hearing from her landlord that she actually died the day before. It's just not at all how you would expect that announcement or to be told that news. It didn't make any sense. I mean, why hadn't the police contacted her? It wasn't like there was any investigation going on, no sense of urgency. Her apartment wasn't sectioned off. There was no caution tape. And it makes you wonder, if Chantel and Lakeem hadn't gone to Lauren's apartment that day, how long would it have been before they found out that she had died? The landlord decided to give Lauren's mother the number to the detective that was on the case. Kevin Cronin of the Bridgeport Police Department. Chantel calls his number and they talk. They really don't get much information from him other than the fact that Lauren was on a bumble date the night before with a 37 year old white male whose name I'm not going to use for legal reasons because he hasn't been named as a suspect, which is insane, or even a person of interest for that matter. Lauren went on a date with this man and he woke up to find her dead. But Detective Cronin told Chantel not to worry about this man because he was a nice guy. Why did the police think that Lauren's mother would give one care in the world how nice this man was when he was not only a stranger, but also the last person to see her daughter alive. Why would you think to tell the family, oh, don't worry about him though, he's a nice guy. How do you know? You don't know him. I mean, there's a lot of criminals who are nice people. Why does that matter in this case? Why? And just because somebody is a nice person doesn't mean you don't investigate them and exhaust every method to rule them out, which was not done in this case at all, but we'll get into that. I've just never heard of anything so insensitive before to tell a family that after they found out that their loved one is gone, to not worry about the last person they were seen with because they're a nice guy. That's just so insensitive. And to me, it's insulting and extremely, extremely inappropriate to say. So we're gonna call this man Mark. That is not his real name, just wanna let you know. You can easily find online what his name is, but 
Like I said, I'm not gonna use his name, but we're gonna call him Mark. He met Lauren through Bumble. And if you don't know what Bumble is, it's a dating app that is designed in order for the girl to make the first move. Lauren and Mark had matched on Bumble Lauren made the first move according to how the app works and they decided to make a date. Now I'm going to get into Mark's account of things a little bit later, but first I wanna focus on the hours after Lauren's family found out that she had passed away. So by this point, they're in contact with the detective. Chantel's on the phone with him and she asks him to come by Lauren's apartment so they can speak in person, which I really don't think she should have had to ask him to do that. He should already be there, but there's no one there investigating her death at all. So Chantel's asking him to come out. He says, yes, I'll be over right away. But after over an hour, Detective Cronin has not shown up. He's still not there. So Chantel calls him back and she's like, Hey, are, are you on the way? Is everything okay? And Detective Cronin says, stop calling me. And he hangs up on Lauren's mother. As if one, he didn't say he wasn't on the way. And two, as if that's not extremely rude to do to someone who just found out that their child died and they just want answers. You should already be there. And the fact that she had to call you and ask you to show up just for you to catch an attitude about it and then not come before hanging up on them is crazy. Again, so many things I'm, I'm hearing in this case that I've never ever even heard of or didn't even know was legal. Lauren's mother continued to call the Bridgeport Police Department over the course of a few weeks and she wasn't getting any answers. They were literally ignoring her, not giving her any indication that there was an investigation going on in Lauren's case. They were just completely icing her out. But to die under these circumstances and not to be given answers, it's, it's, it's twice as hard to bear. Her, along with some family members, decide to go to Lauren's apartment to see if they can collect some of her belongings. And it's when they get there that they see that a new detective had been assigned to Lauren's case. Mind you, they weren't told about this at all. They weren't told that Detective Cronin had actually been suspended and taken off the case for mishandling it which was a good decision. Why was the family not told about this? Why were they not given the direct contact information to the new detective? They had no idea what was going on and they were being left completely in the dark. So Lauren's family went to her apartment. It was on December 29th, 2021, and they decided to go inside her apartment and search for themselves to see what they can find because police weren't doing it. And this really reminds me of the case that I just covered with Mia Marcano. That's my first video on my channel, if you wanna go ahead and check that out as well. Detectives were not treating the case very seriously. They were just walking around as if nothing had happened. While the family was at the apartment collecting evidence, having to call the police and ask them to come back and collect the evidence because why weren't they doing it? Their sister, our loved one, they, they thought they was gonna just throw her away like she was garbage. So when Lauren's family goes and they decide to look and search her apartment to see what they can find, they found a few items of interest. They found a used condom with semen in it, a pill that was just lying on the counter, a plate of food upside down on the living room floor, and blood on Lauren's bed. Lauren's family literally had to beg crime scene investigators to come collect the evidence and continue searching her apartment for anything that they deemed significant. They literally had to beg them for them to come out there and do their job. Why were you not doing this in the first place? They were just assuming that there was no foul play involved and that things didn't need to be collected. But even if there wasn't foul play involved, which hasn't been proven up to this point, 
Why are you still not out there investigating to find proof that there was no foul play involved? You're just assuming there wasn't, so you're not doing anything about it? it makes no sense. Once investigators got to Lauren's apartment, they requested DNA samples from her family and said that they would not continue the investigation until they received these samples, as if they were suspects. Now, I want you to listen here. Up to this point, there's been no type of urgency to collect anything of importance related to Lauren's case or her apartment. So why now are you so pressed about collecting the family's DNA? So much so that you won't continue the investigation until you get it. But yet the person that was last seen with Lauren, Mark, he has not had any DNA of his collected. His apartment hasn't been searched. He hasn't been seen as a suspect at all. But yet you're seeing her family, who wasn't even there, as suspects. You're pressed about collecting their DNA when the person who was actually there that night is just exonerated without any proof. The police didn't do any investigation. They let the guy go without any questioning and they took a slight statement from him. And in that statement, he said that they never had sex, that he slept with his clothes on. But yet still two weeks after her death, we um, have to force them to collect a condom with semen in it, um, a, a thing of lube, lubricant, a pill that was found on the counter and a bloody bed sheet. We have to force the police to take it. And to, to this day, those items still have not been submitted to the state forensic laboratory. So Mark was interviewed by police and he gave his account of what happened the night he was with Lauren and she passed away. Everything I'm about to tell you now is from his account. This has not been proven, but it hasn't been disproven either. But for whatever reason, police are just accepting what he's saying as facts without any proof to back it up. According to Mark, he had been matched with Lauren on Bumble and they made plans to meet up on December 11th, 2021 in order to have a date. Now, Mark said that they had actually been talking for about three days starting on, on or around December 8th before they actually met up to hang out. Lauren invited Mark over to her apartment and they were just gonna hang out inside, watch movies, play board games, drink a little bit, eat some food, just a chill night inside. As they started watching the movie, Lauren's brother actually showed up. According to Mark, he dropped something off, but he didn't come inside. Based on the way he told the story, it sounds like Lauren went out to meet him, got whatever it was and came back in. Mark then said that after her brother left and Lauren came back inside, she went to the bathroom for about 10 to 15 minutes before coming back out to finish watching the movie with Mark. And it was during the movie that Lauren fell asleep. Mark finished watching the movie while Lauren was asleep next to him. And when it was over, he picked her up, took her from the couch to her bed to where she slept. And Mark said that he slept next to her, but that they did not have sex and that he never even took his clothes off. Now there was a used condom found in Lauren's apartment, but this condom has not been tested for DNA to prove whether or not it was Mark's. It could have been Mark's, it could have been somebody else's, but for whatever reason, police are not testing it. They're just assuming that it's not Mark's. All it would take is a quick DNA test to prove that they did in fact have sex. Mark then said he woke up around three o'clock in the morning to go to the bathroom. And when he came back to the room, Lauren was still sound asleep and he knew she was asleep because he heard her snoring. Around 6.30 AM, Mark woke up and he saw Lauren laying on her right side with blood coming out of her nostril. And it was clear that she wasn't breathing. So he decided to call 911. And when an officer arrived, 
they said that Lauren was found on the floor lying on her back. Now this was said to be because Mark was instructed by the 911 dispatcher to perform CPR on Lauren. And in order to do this, he had to get her off of the bed and put her on the floor so he could do it correctly. The responding officer did in fact confirm that Lauren had blood coming out of her nose and she wasn't breathing. And at 6.49 AM, 23 year old Lauren Smith Fields was pronounced dead. I really think it's so odd that police did not tell Lauren's family that she had passed away. And their reasoning for not contacting her family in the first place was because they said they didn't need help identifying her because they had seen her passport, they knew who she was, so that was it. But that doesn't mean you don't tell a family member that their loved one died. I always thought that the only way to call the family and even know who to call was after identifying the person, not to use the family to identify the person. If there's one thing that's really odd to me, it's the fact that the police never looked at Mark as a suspect or a person of interest from the beginning without any proof. They just took his word for everything he said. And it just made no sense to the family. They never searched his house. They never collected DNA from him, nothing. And the family had a very bad feeling about Mark, mostly because he made no attempt to reach out to them or apologize for what happened. Now, if he wasn't guilty, why would you not talk to the family and answer any questions they have, maybe quell some of their suspicions, nothing. He just completely avoided them. It didn't seem like he really felt very bad or if he did, he didn't express that at all. Now this has not been proven, but a lot of people speculated that Mark and the police had had a prior connection, almost because it seemed like they were literally colluding to hide the facts of the case and just put any rumors or anything to bed that Mark had something to do with Lauren's death. Now this has not been proven, this is widely speculated, but Lauren's family's attorney, Darnell Crossland, has come out and said this. Again, we don't know if it's true, but he did make this claim. You don't wanna believe it because there isn't a lot of proof and because it's so disgustingly corrupt, but it does make you wonder why else are they just not investigating this guy? Like what other reason do they have? Again, has not been proven, this is all alleged, but it definitely makes you wonder. Lauren's family has gone on to sue the Bridgeport Police Department for $30 million due to negligence and mishandling of Lauren's case. Now by this point, two detectives have since been dismissed from investigating her case because they made so many mistakes. One of them being Detective Kevin Cronin, who hung up on Lauren's mom after she asked him to come over and help them investigate her daughter's death. On January 23rd, 2022, what would have been Lauren's 24th birthday, her family decided to lead a marching protest to the mayor's office, demanding that more investigating be done in Lauren's case, as well as hold the police accountable for all the mistakes they had made up to that point. At that point, they were just getting away with everything. They were doing things that just did not seem ethical or correct as far as their protocol. Lauren's family wanted justice. They wanted the police to be held responsible for what they weren't doing. They wanted the police to be held responsible for how negligent they were in this case. Now, I personally heard about this case in the media, but it definitely took a while. I didn't know a whole lot about it until Cardi B decided to post a tweet related to Lauren's case. After that, it got more notoriety in the media. It's really frustrating that more cases don't get investigated because they don't get put on a huge platform. It's great that Cardi B did that because had she not, who knows 
what would have happened or what we wouldn't know about Lauren's case. Not that a whole lot has really been found out up to this point or done anyway. Thank you Cardi B for actually putting Lauren's face out there on your platform and using it to spread awareness about what was going on behind the scenes that we probably wouldn't have known about otherwise. All cases deserve attention, not because of how popular they are, but because of the fact that the person's life mattered. And it's sad that media coverage determines an investigation. It's literally almost like a direct correlation. A few days after the marching protest was held, the medical examiner finally released a cause of death for Lauren Smith Fields. And it was found that her cause of death was acute intoxication due to a mix of drugs, including fentanyl, promethazine, hydrazine, and alcohol. And her manner of death was ruled to be accidental. Now police, as well as the medical examiner, had no idea how Lauren ingested these drugs or where she got them from. Yet they were just once again assuming that her death was accidental. But they had no, they had nothing, no proof to suggest this. They had nothing to suggest that she had been drugged or that she took them on her own. How can you say that this was an accident when you have nothing to prove that? And they were just assuming that she took these drugs herself and just took too many by accident. And Lauren's family knew that there's no way Lauren would have taken any of these drugs willingly, especially fentanyl. Like that stuff is so strong. And they were like, Lauren is not a drug abuser. She didn't take any of these drugs with the exception of alcohol because Lauren was known to drink, but she wasn't known to take fentanyl or promethazine. Lauren was very health conscious and doing drugs pretty much went against her entire belief of being healthy. She was on a plant-based diet. She worked out consistently. She was very, very healthy. So it didn't make sense for her to have taken such a lethal cocktail of drugs one night when she happened to be on a bumble date in her apartment. It just didn't add up to the type of person she was and her lifestyle. Her family definitely believes that she was drugged and that Mark is just not revealing this information because in his story, it's almost like he suggests that Lauren may have taken these drugs on her own. He says, oh, her brother dropped something off and then she was in the bathroom for about 15 minutes, but I don't know what she was doing in there. It's like he tried to fashion the story almost to make it seem like she took something herself or they spent a certain amount of time away from each other. So he doesn't know what she was doing in there. But Lauren's brother came out and said that he didn't drop anything off at her apartment. He actually was picking up laundry. So I don't know if Mark just didn't know what he was talking about or if he didn't see this or if he was just flat out lying. But Lauren's brother said he did not drop off anything. Kind of seemed like Mark's story was trying to suggest that her brother had dropped something off to her that she went and took in the bathroom that resulted in her death. Her brother also said that Lauren didn't seem under the influence at all when he came over. And had she appeared that way, he would not have left her there. He would have stayed to make sure she was okay. The Bridgeport Police Department has been under a lot of scrutiny for the way they handled this case. I mean, they messed up so much and it was crazy how much they did wrong and got away with. But the way they've investigated the case has since been handed over to internal affairs to investigate where they went wrong and what they did and deemed whether or not it was illegal or unethical, which it's pretty obvious it was. But as of now, the investigation has concluded, but a conclusion has not been released to the public. I don't know what they're waiting for, what they're holding on to it for, but like I said, the investigation is closed and it's over on how police handled this case. We just don't know what their findings were for whatever their reasons may be. But like I said, it's pretty clear that this case was mishandled from day one, starting with the fact that Lauren's family wasn't even notified of her death, which is mind boggling. I've never, I've never ever heard of that happening ever. I, that, that sounds illegal. I, I, I don't know. 
As of March of 2023, the death investigation of Lauren Smith Fields is still active and ongoing, but there really haven't been many updates. And if there are, the public has not been made aware of them. But a law has been passed in Connecticut that requires police officers to notify family members of the death of a loved one within 24 hours. So you would think that would have already been a thing, but for whatever reason, it wasn't considering the fact that the Bridgeport Police Department did not do that. But at least now there's something set in stone saying that you actually have to. Lauren's case has also been turned over to the Narcotics and Vice Unit to further investigate. As of now, the family has been trying to get the public records of the 911 calls as well as the body cam footage from the morning Lauren died. But as of now, they still have not received that information. And that's because there is a huge backlog of requests for the Bridgeport Police Department. There's a lot of people that are requesting public records from them that they just aren't getting. Like I said, there's a huge backup of requests that don't really seem like they're being honored or acknowledged at all, but her family is not giving up the fight or hope that they will find out what happened to Lauren and get justice for her. This case angers me so much. I really do, well, I don't even know if I try to keep my emotions out of it, but I do try to stick to the facts as much as possible and not give my opinion too much. But when you see such a miscarriage of justice, it's so hard not to express how you feel about it. Like I purposely covered this case because I wanted to shine a light on just how horrible the police work in this case was. I know sometimes people don't like when you call the police out for what they don't do in a case or how wrong they are in a case. But I mean, I feel like that's part of the problem. Not calling it out is like being complacent and being part of the problem. I personally feel like if you don't call it out, nothing happens and everybody's just normalizing it like it's not wrong. It is wrong, it's very wrong. And I can't sit back and not cover a case like this without saying how I feel about how horribly it was handled. My heart goes out to Lauren's family. The fact that they had to find out about her death from her landlord angers me more than anything in this entire case. And I really do hope that we find justice for her and find out what really happened to her. And maybe somebody will look at Mark a little closer. Again, that's not his real name, but I can't use his real name. But with that, we're gonna go ahead and wrap up today's episode. We'll be back next week with another episode. Thank you so much for listening and watching, and I hope to see you in the water soon.